Hello and welcome to the 20 Minutes of Filler podcast, episode 37. I am your host, Jason Katarski, and I have a special guest with me in place of Mr. Andy Lennox. We've been having a hard time connecting our schedules. He's a weekend availability kind of guy, and I'm a I-do-what-I-want-during-the-week kind of a guy. So, But this is no second-tier thing that we're bringing to you here. We're bringing another member of the Dice Tower Network of podcasts right here to you on our short little show, 20 Minutes of Filler. And that is Mr. Jeff Large from the Happy Mitten Games and Happy Mitten Games Podcast. How are you, Jeff? I am well. How are you, Jason? Hey, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm glad to catch up with you. Now, what you guys need to know about Jeff is he's a super cool dude, and he runs a podcast that is super cool. And he's going to tell you more about that in a minute. But he's also uh, near and dear to my heart because he is a fellow Michigander He's uh, he's from the west side, though, so uh, he gets all the fancy Lake Michigan traffic and fancier restaurants, and I don't know. There's a lot more hipsters on that side of the state, I think. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, Jeff, tell me a little bit about um, – kind of. let's just start with the podcast thing. So that's our – like, our, our, we, we met um, over the interwebs, but then we found out, hey, like, we're going to be at all these conventions together. I think we met each other the first time at Grand Con a couple years ago, and oh. you guys were just launching um, – uh, your company, and which which your goal was what to start a publishing company that makes board games, but you started with a podcast, right? Correct. We started. We knew from the very beginning that we wanted a content driven marketing strategy, and we wanted to give back to the board game community before we asked for anything in return. And so we spent a good year, maybe even a little longer, year and a half um, of developing uh, a pretty successful podcast so far. And then we also, at the time when we began, it was one week podcast, one week blog, and we toggled back and forth. And now it's, we podcast consistently and we blog when we feel like it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, typing words is is a little bit more time consuming than chatting with your friends, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, it's it just, it's a, it goes down a little easier sometimes too. Uh, that's cool. The, the content-driven marketing strategy, you sound like a business textbook. Why don't you just talk a little bit more about that? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, well, a big piece of it, a lot of people, it's funny because in the board game space, they study the board games. And I've always been more interested in the business side of things. Um, and the board game space is almost like an anomaly in that sense. It does a lot of things that aren't standard protocol. And so it's kind of fun to um, read a ton and listen to a ton of business podcasts and then seeing what things are applicable and seeing what things just don't work at all. And um that's kind of ultimately how we decided we wanted to be publishers because as you know, Jason kind of uh, playing both sides of the coin, um, we attempted to design a game right in the very, very beginning. And then we realized like, we don't want to spend our time this way. This isn't what we're passionate about. We'd rather run a business. And so that's why we ended up deciding on publishing. Um, and then I've just been learning about everything along the way. And it actually worked out really well because it, inspired me to launch um gonna go go solopreneur or whatever you want to call it solopreneur uh, just <laughs> oh, self-employed like with my other company so yeah so it's been good that's awesome man it's it's neat because um you're really getting into um you know like the people who love board games love these objects right and these objects are like cards or boards or chits or you know minis or whatever it is that you set on your table we're into that right but like i think one of the keys that brings us all together is this like 
story. Like, th- these games bring us to this shared story, either in that fictional world or in the reality of sitting around a table with a group of people. And then you guys on your podcast are digging into that story kind of on a meta level because you guys you guys cover the industry. You're not just talking about, like, the games that you like to play. Sure, that comes up, but you, you interview a lot of people, like, kind of looking under the hood, looking for behind-the-scenes info. Yeah, exactly. Like, so if, if people haven't heard of our show before, the Happy Mitten podcast, if you're interested in the business side, that's pretty much exclusively what we do. Um, like you said, the story and the personality comes out because we'll still dig into who the people are that we're interviewing, but we sp- focus exclusively on how does the board game get from conception to your table and we'll interview everybody from publishers to designers to distribution to manufacturers and artists and everyone in between that helps that process along Um, and we've been able to learn a ton and then like we said hopefully provide a lot of value back to the community um, for the people interested in that area yeah it's i mean it's been great for me like uh it's a resource that that I mean, I, I used right early on. I mean, just by chance. Like, you guys are my friends, and I'm like, hey, cool, I like to listen to podcasts and everything. Oh, gosh, I just... <laughs> that was awesome. I'm holding my phone in my hand, and I had it open to uh, figure out what number this episode was, and I just accidentally hit play. So <laughs> you may have heard the awesomeness of our theme song in the background there, and I'm not editing it out because I don't edit things. <laughs> but anyway... Um, you know, I, I started using your, your website early on, like, just because you were my friends, but then it, it turned into this, like, cool, um, like, hey, I'm, I'm learning a lot because you guys are providing so much content with publishers and, and that thing. And it just it just helped me, too, because I was at that time uh, kind of in a similar place to you guys, wanting to start uh, something more of my own. I, I came from the design side, obviously, first, rather than the podcasting side. But then I kind of came into it because I realized hey, I have this audience, and, like, I want to talk about things I love, and, like, it just seems like a great way to connect all these pieces of this industry that I love so much. So I've appreciated kind of your information. You guys did a lot of the homework, so I didn't have to. Yeah, welcome. (laughs) Yeah. So you are just one uh, third of the Happy Mitten Games uh, podcast uh, and publishing company team. So kind of tell me who else is involved and, like, kind of, like, what each person's, like, uh, superpower is. Okay, got it. All right. Um, my, I'm one third, like Jason said. My superpower is uh, a lot of the tech stuff and also all of our web and audio and all of that jazz falls on me. Um, the other major player in our team is Kyle, and Kyle handles a lot of our accounting and that sort of thing. And then between the two of us, we have most of the the majority of the inner workings of figuring out things we both have different roles i do a lot of our networking and communications and um, building good relationships and he's been handling some more of our professional stuff like lining up shipping and that kind of thing and then the the third party is my wife leandra and she is sort of the face in a certain degree because she handles all our social media and the majority of our like customer interactions and um, just hanging out with our, our crowd and our fans and with people on Twitter and all of that. So uh, that's kind of the, the basic breakdown. That's cool. It's, it's neat that you're starting um, this as a team. You know, that's, that's definitely a, it seems like a unique approach because a lot of the, the indie publishers, I think that we, we see how far it seems sometimes to becoming like a viable business that's profitable, you know, like how long of a, uh, a trail that you know might you know lead us down to get to that point. So 
So what do you think some of the benefits of kind of working with that with a team rather than going out on your own? Would you have even tried this on your own without a team? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's there's certain things. If I okay, put it this way: if it wasn't an actual legit like written in our operating agreement, like we own different percentages of the company and everything, I would have ended up subcontracting certain parts of it just because there's certain things I have no desire to take on. And I become, I'm a little more of the philosophy that I have no reason to learn everything. Like I should have a decent understanding of everything, but I don't need to be as proficient as in accounting as Kyle is. Like I'd rather just tap into somebody that's good at a specific um, area or trait than force myself to kind of be, I guess, inefficient across the board where I'd, I'd rather be like really good at a few things than sort of okay at everything. Yeah, that's 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 a good way of of coming at it, especially if you think about subcontracting is going to cost money and getting other people invested uh, isn't, you know, like not right at the beginning anyway, not as much. Yeah, and, and then you, plus, I mean, the the big thing too is like I love the people I'm working with. Um, we've all known each other forever because we're family and uh, good friends on top of it, and so it's it's more. Um, I'd say it's fun because of how we do things, not necessarily. I mean, what we do is fun, but what makes it even better is how we do it and how we work together. That's awesome. So tell me, like, what is uh, one of your favorite podcasts that you guys have done uh, as Heavy Mitten Games? Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have we have done a lot. We have uh, we've been amping it up a little bit too with our uh, the current Kickstarter going on. So we've sort of kicked over to weekly, and I think we're on like fifty three or fifty four now. I'm not sure what episode. We've had so many good ones. Um, I would, I don't know if I have like a specific episode, but it's just sort of like the hidden gems that you find. There's usually at least like one hidden gem from everybody on an episode. The one that mm. seemed to come to mind was when we interviewed uh, Ray Weirs, and uh, he's the the president and owner of uh, Clypey Games, and we were talking to him about marketing, and he actually shared that he would rather market on a mommy blog than he would on BGG in order to hit his target audience. And I thought that was a really kind of unique find um, that he discussed that. So that's one the only one that pops to out in mind. But we've had so many like funny and good moments on these interviews that I don't really have like a specific. Cool. Yeah, that's it's definitely entertaining. And that's the, that's the thing, right? You're just like Hemingway says, you know, you just all you got to do is say one true thing. And and uh, it's a good episode if you can find that nugget of, of awesome in, in your little hour long show. So. Thank you for many of those nuggets that you've shared with me. <laughs> I'm a nugget provider. <laughs> <laughs> nugget provider. That's your new title officially at, at Happy Mitten Games. Great. I will check that <laughs> soon. <laughs> awesome. So um, let's get into talking about the publishing company a little bit. You guys started with a podcast, and, and you realized pretty early on that you didn't want to be game designers. You wanted to be publishers. So so now you have your first game up on Kickstarter, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But, but what... What is it that kind of like? What are some of the steps that were involved in getting you to figuring out where that first game was? Um, it was. I mean, the, the whole process was seems. I don't know. Seems long and not long at the same time. We we started off researching what does it take to start a business, and then we started a business, and then we started putting out the content, like we said after that, and then we began working on design and decided we hated it and opened it up. At that point, we opened it up on our website. Um, to designers of saying, hey, we're taking submissions. And we actually, it was 
crazy. We didn't really realize we we're going to get so much feedback, but we had a lot of submissions to the point that we had to like filter it through email at first to make sure that the re- submissions that we were receiving were good um, and that were developed and everything and we weren't wasting anybody's time, including our own. Um, and then it ended up finally being Matt Worden at the time, um, right before Gen Con 2013, I think, uh, reached out to us and then said, uh, hey, I'm going to be at Gen Con if you want to meet up. And so him and I touched base because I was there, and he handed off the game at that point, which was for goods and honor. Um, the original theme and stuff, I didn't really feel like it was going to be a hit, but he was a really nice guy, and so I took it and um, that kind of thing. And he seemed like he did have some decent background behind him as well, like in that moment that I met him from what he was describing to me. And I just I liked him, and so that's why I went with it. Um, and, but once we got it back and started playing it, we it clicked pretty quickly that this is probably it. And then from there, that's kind of where we just started to run with it and ended up signing it um, November of 2013. Of 2013. So it's been about a year and a half then since you first signed the game and you were kind of began the process of uh, playtesting and development. And, um, and, and here you are. Uh, you launched the game uh, Ether Magic on Kickstarter um, just a couple weeks ago. And why don't you just kind of give us uh, the overview of the game? Uh, just kind of tell us what it's all about, playtime, who it's for. What do you think is the key thing uh, that that makes this game special? All right. The pitch that we have down pretty well, it's, it's a fantasy-themed set collection and um, auction mechanic game. plays three to six players in about 45 minutes. The game is for... We've, we've been told by our playtesters and everything it's a solid like medium weight game um it's very accessible to get into but it still offers you enough depth to play around and the two biggest hooks the first one being the auction mechanic where normally um i know a lot of gamers that are turned off by the auction mechanic uh they worry about things like king making and um they're used to it in the sense of whoever offers the most of a good or a money or an item or whatever will win the bid where within our game, the unique piece is that there's three basic steps where you, you're gaining ether from the ether portal, which is the draw bag, and that ether turns into magic elements, and those magic elements are used to create spells or to cast different spells. And within the auction phase, you start off, everybody starts with just having their own unique rune that they're able to um, trade back and forth. It's kind of like each mage's currency or each player's currency. But as the game progresses, you can begin to trade out your magic elements and things. And so what ends up happening is, depending on the active player, um, it's almost more of a metagame where, let's say I'm playing against you and Leandra, Lee might offer me one of a gem, and you might offer me three of three crystals. In that specific instance, depending on what I'm trying to cast, her one gem might be worth more to me than your three crystals. And so it's this sort of shifting market in that sense where nothing really actually has an assigned value, but it's just it depends on the turn and the round and what I'm trying to accomplish of what's the most important to me. And what happens in result is there's really cool um, table talk and people trying to barter and uh, make deals with one another. And, and so that's the really big social interaction piece. And that happens on every turn. Um, and that's the exciting part. So you're always engaged. And the second biggest hook is within the spells. Um, as the game progresses, it begins to ramp up. And so later in the game, you find yourself starting to chain spells. And if you play it off right, like if you're 
casting the right combination of spells, you're able to combo a bunch of them and score a bunch of points in a row, and that always leaves the players feeling pretty clever. Um, and so those those are the two biggest uh, perks, I would say. That's cool. You know, I, I, I got to play the game, I, get, I don't remember what it was, about a year ago, I guess. We went to uh, Protospiel Milwaukee, and uh, it was late in the day, and I was pretty tired. And the, the group that we were playing with, and I know the game has come a long way since then, but um, and, I, and I already enjoyed it at that point. But uh, the game the game was made up of like some veteran players who had played the game tons and tons, and then a couple like you know fresh green folks like myself and a couple other people. And I think everyone there, I mean, enjoyed the game and and just what you described came through, like that that player interaction on every turn, kind of the um, you know the, the the we were all bidding higher, and I think in that particular game, and and you guys were a little surprised because we like the money to us. We're like, we just need the stuff. We're gonna we're just gonna give up this currency no matter what, you know. And yeah. it, just, it was it was a pretty dynamic experience, and it kind of sh- I think it it was it was neat because the feedback that I heard you guys receiving was that like, hey man, there's a lot of different ways to to play this game, and different groups are gonna kind of drive this this experience in different ways. So yeah, I mean so at that point it didn't even have spells when you played it either, did it? Did it? I don't think so. That I was looking at your Kickstarter and I was looking at the beautiful, beautiful art uh, by by Miss Jackie Davis, and I was like, I don't think I remember these spell cards. But yeah, I had it at that point. I mean, even with that addition, it that solidified the whole thing. Like at your point, I think we were still scoring points by what sets you had, and that's where the game was falling flat at that point, uh, based on the theme and everything. But once we converted over to the spells and got those tested out, like it's a very well rounded. Uh, piece of work now which we're all really happy about yeah that's awesome that's really cool yeah i mean like i said it looks great jackie davis who's i'm a big fan of she did the art for uh my game fidelitas with green couch and um she's done some some other fantastic games too bell the ball and she's this up and coming like star she's like a rock star in the in the board game art world so she really knocked it out for you guys too what what's it been like to um to work with to work with her and um, are there any other key people that you've been working with in this process that have just really made this game come to life for you guys? Um, gosh, there's too many to mention. I'll forget. Specifically with Jackie, she's just easy to work with. We had a really um, – I'll try to send you the link. or it, It's on our KickTrack page, but Kyle wrote a pretty good blog for um, Ed Marriott's uh, board, or Boards and Barley uh, – or his – no, Oh, yeah, yeah. Was his uh, website – on the process and gave an example of one of our exam one of our examples to Jackie, but we had a really clear and consistent um, asset list for her to follow, and it resulted in really awesome art that uh, we've just been getting a ton of compliments on. And so she's been pivotal in this whole thing. Matt's been beyond generous. We went through some pretty hefty theme changes, and uh, we made sure to like keep the essence of what he wanted through the whole process. So he's been fabulous to work with. Um, Panda games have been fantastic getting our quotes and requotes in order to try to drive our costs down and um, different distribution people. And then just all our friends in the industry, like a shout out to uh, Dustin Schwartz for helping keep revisions on the rules. And Matt Loomis helped with the print and play that everybody's been downloading. And so there's so many awesome, awesome people helping out. That's really cool. Yeah, the, I mean, that's the cool thing about this industry is how connected and generous people in the in the community are. Like, to yeah, just make everything was, happen. One of those anomalies I was talking about. It's like normal businesses are not this. Friendly. <laughs> yeah, that is that is that is the truth. Um, so so on this on this show we talk about fillers, and I think Ether Magic is kind of one of those. Um, uh, Matt Matt uh, 
Matt Riddle and Ben Pinchback had a name, like Super Fillers or something like that for certain games. And I think this falls into that because there's, there's definitely some meat there, but it has a lot of those qualities that I consider a filler, like the short play time, you know, under an hour and the lots of player interaction and, and uh, you know, different re replayability. Um, but I just wanted to get kind of a feel from you. What are some filler games that you love or some uh, some games you've been playing a lot lately that, that, uh, that are really speaking to you? Uh, I've been playing Run a Kickstarter. Is <laughs> I've been playing lately. It is not a filler. It is a <laughs> long and drawn out Euro. Um, but otherwise, I'm, I'm turning back at my shelf. The one I'm assuming that you'll consider a filler, but I have been really, really digging Yardmaster. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. We haven't played it a ton, but we have played it every gaming group that we've gotten together since like we had a big gaming day on New Year's Day of this year, and then we've had a couple smaller gaming days since then um but both i think i like yardmaster better than yardmaster express uh but that game totally digging um patrick and those guys did a great job on that one yeah that's crash games uh kind of their two of their latest titles there um yeah yardmaster is a, a fun game it, it has like the simplicity of you know like a couple steps higher than something like uno and uh, but but it's a nice it's a nice game with some sleek you know beautiful graphic design artwork yeah um, and it's yeah it's got that easy entry level that right amount of play time Yardmaster is a, a fun one I've, I've been able to play that a couple times I, I'm not completely sold on all the action cards the bonus cards um, mm -hmm. I didn't realize that I, I should have maybe separated some of them out because they were Kickstarter bonuses um, yeah. I might try with less of them next time because I want I want to focus more on that putting together my train rather than like all that crazy card randomness but mm -hmm. um that's what's cool about it too is you can you can take that game and and uh really tailor it to your group's needs you know yeah i think the only other one too is we got um i think i think it was santa delivered our kids animal upon animal and oh, santa's got great taste yeah he does <laughs> so we were playing that that one's been just a little fun like hey let's play this one real quick and it's been great because the whole family can play even our uh almost three-year-old well she doesn't she's almost getting it she can like 90 percent play it where That's sometimes awesome. she just wants to like knock the animals over <laughs> but otherwise uh it's one that we all enjoy so that's another good one too that's cool did you get the regular box size one, or did santa bring the regular box size one or was it the pocket one or the one with the bridge there's, there's several different versions of that it's the it's just kind of the like one and a half inch width square and then it's a square box and then it's about whatever it's not the pocket size it's like okay. A little smaller than, say, Lagoon or something. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's kind of the standard one. Yeah, I have the little pocket one, and it's just for two players, which is nice to just throw in my bag and take, you know, to the coffee shop or something because people look at you funny when you're playing with your little wooden blocks on the table. But, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, a fun dexterity uh, kind of simple game that anybody can get into, which I'm a big fan of those, and that's, you know, the heart of this show. So, yeah. Well, Jeff, dude uh, – so tell me a little bit more, like, okay, so what's the deal? Give, give me the, the, the stats, like, when's your Kickstarter end? How much does it cost to get in to get a copy of the game? And, um, yeah. All right. The Kickstarter is done on March 10th. Uh, it's a $40 pledge level if you want to copy of the game, uh, though we did add some other options. So there's one where it'll save you on shipping if you want two copies or there's some like uh, we added in a premium print and play with the final art once it's done and um, all of that. So there are some different options for you. And I don't know what else you want to know. 
No, I think I guess that was really the two main things. How much does it cost, and when is it done? Um, yeah, I mean, it looks great. I'm in. You guys are just about at this point, um, maybe closer, close to halfway there, and um, it could use some some more people sharing it and taking a look at it. Um, but you're gonna like what you see. The art is gorgeous, and um, it's a fun game with 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 some neat interaction, and uh, it's from Matt Warden, who we didn't really talk much about Matt, but Matt. Matt kind of cut his teeth in the GameCrafter world. He put out a successful game, and one that was named Games 100 for a print-and-play kind of on-demand game called Jumpgate. And that was, like, the first time that had happened, like a, a self-published print-on-demand game made it into the Games 100 list. Yeah. Um, and he's he's a really active designer uh, with lots of ideas. He's always working on something. So uh, you're supporting uh, the new company. You're supporting a, a real kind of rooted indie game designer as well. Um, so I just want to encourage you to, to take a look at that Kickstarter and uh, listen to the Happy Mitten Games podcast. Why don't you tell people where they can get a hold of you, Jeff? Uh, the easiest thing would just be happymittengames.com. Um, if you want to see the Kickstarter, it'd be happymittengames.com forward slash Kickstarter. And then uh, for the podcast, forward slash iTunes, or the easiest place to just have a conversation with us would be Twitter, at Happy Mitten. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on, dude. I wish you the best of luck with uh, the company. Um, do, you, do you have any ideas of, of what's next after after Ether Magic? Yeah, the we've talked about it. Our number one focus right now is we're we're digging in our heels and, and pushing for this uh, funding goal for Ether Magic. So, I mean, that is clearly the the highest priority. Um, that is not to say we don't have other games in our possession right now that are really good. So we'll just we'll leave it at that for now. Awesome, awesome. So we're going to see more from Happy Mitten Games if you guys get out there and uh, support what they're up to. Thanks a lot for uh, for taking some time to chat with me today, Jeff. And Thank tell, you, tell Lee and Kyle I said hello. Will do. All right. Thanks a lot for listening to the 20 Minutes Filler Podcast. You can reach me on Twitter at Jason Katarski. You can find more great podcasts at the Dice Tower Network. Dot com. Until next time, get out there and pray, pray, or play some great games.